Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 69 of the Wealthier Together podcast. During this interview, I'm talking with Caitlin Wheeler and she... During this interview, I'm talking with Caitlin Wheeler, and she talks about how she chose faith over fear while she was overcoming addiction. She also tells her story of how she went from homeless to corporate, and she offers a lot of encouragement for women who are in abusive relationships, don't know their self-worth, and she helps them to empower themselves and also to give encouragement to those who are stuck in addiction. Caitlin Wheeler is the 35-year-old CEO of Boss Babe Kitchen, a women's lifestyle and empowerment platform where women come to optimize their faith, healthy habits, legacy wealth building techniques, love, and adventure. While she is not cooking up her platform's next success story, Caitlin is a single mama to two children and serves her local community through outreach ministry as well as a board of director assignment for an organization called Sales Up for Cancer. Sales Up for Cancer provides money to cancer patients currently going through treatment. She's currently penning her first book outlining her personal rags to riches story and developing a real estate investment business model for women who want to build generational wealth. So welcome, Caitlin. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you, Dr. Blessing. So can you tell us a little bit more about your story? I can. It's it's quite a story. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, you know, at first, I have to be honest, I was really scared to share the first part of my story, right? The, the kind of rags part of it, because, you know, it, it involves addiction and it involves all these dark things that I didn't ever really want to talk about. <laughs> so, but I, I really feel like God put me through that to, um, to, to come through it and overcome it so that I can help other women do the same. So yes, I'm happy to talk about it. You know, I had just the most wonderful childhood and my parents, I, you know, t- just taught me so much about um, my, my, to develop my character and um, so much about business. They just influenced me in so many different ways. So I had this amazing childhood, you know, went to boarding school, went to college and uh, after college, I, you know, um, actually got a business degree in college and just had a great experience, um, worked a little bit. So I got some work experience during college as well. And, and, and after college, I um, found myself working as, this is kind of my first business experience. I was a, a manager of a really, well, at first, what was not a successful restaurant slash bar and um, we developed it into a really successful business. And so I found myself working there and, and I was in a relationship with seven year relationship with someone that I had met in boarding school and you know was with through college. I learned so much during that business experience, uh, but I also endured a lot of abuse in that relationship with that person. And so I, I loved his family and I loved the business that we built together but I had to get out of that situation because it was so abusive. And, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, found myself in another relationship. And this relationship uh, brought me to 
uh, Indiana and Kentucky. So I kind of moved from Connecticut where my roots were New England area to Indiana, Kentucky. And, you know, again, found myself in a really cool business situation. I was actually hired as a director of marketing for a real estate service company, uh, a real estate software service company. And just had this great title and, you know, just living this great life, what I thought was a great, you know, relationship. Come to find out that that person, you're going to kind of see a theme here, which this is kind of what I want to start teaching women about and, and what I do teach women about. It ended up that that person was a drug addict. And long story short, we were living together and I somehow got mixed up into that. And I'm not going to make excuses. I take full responsibility for it. But it was just such a disaster, Dr. Blessing. I mean, I, I'm this, you know, girl from Connecticut, never really did anything wrong in my life. And I just find myself, um, you know, hanging out with people that were just up to no good, basically. And I got wrapped up in that. And I uh, battled with addiction for for, for two years. Um, fast forward again, I, and I mean, I lost my job, that really good job that I have. I lost, I lost it. And I found myself pregnant with my son. And what happened was I was literally like in the holds of addiction when I found myself pregnant with my son. And I, I can't make any excuses for it, but ended up that I gave birth to my son. And what happens when you give birth to a child is they, they drug test you. I don't know if you knew this, but they drug test you. And if you have any drugs in your system, you know, the state gets involved, obviously, because they're like, you know, this, this mother with this new baby, you're not supposed to be on drugs when you're, when you're a new mother, basically. So I went through, you know, a, a whole two more years of proving to the state of Connecticut that I was fit to be a mother and coming out of addiction. And, you know, I felt like such a monster at the time because, you know, that's not the story that you want to have, right? When you have a child, you want it to be all, you know, the Instagram feed, the, um, you know, I call it like the white pants and the balloons, you know, the, the, the pictures that you see on Instagram of like welcoming the new baby. You don't want to tell the story of that you were a, you know, drug addicted mother who had, who lost her, her right to be a mother and had to fight back for it. But again, I feel like God put me through that for a reason. And so I do have a lot of gratitude towards it now. So grateful that my son is healthy. And I've gone on to have another child, my daughter, who is amazing. And, you know, so grateful that I'm out of that situation, that I saw my way through it. And I couldn't have done it without the help of the state. Yes, without the help of my parents, my family, and most importantly, without God. I could not have done it without him. He is the reason that I'm here today. So while I was working my way through you know, fight, proving to the state that I was fit to be a mother. I, I started blogging and I, I actually started blogging about a, a addiction and overcoming addiction. And I had this blog called My Recovery Spot. 
And I really enjoyed it. I loved the blogging part of it. And I thought that that's what I wanted to do. I thought that I was going to, you know, build this, uh, this platform for women coming out of addiction. And I just, you know, I started to move through addiction and I started getting over it and, you know, proving to the state that I was fit to be a mother and then having a second child. And I just decided that I wanted my story to be, I, I wanted to, to talk about the addiction part of it, but that's not what I wanted the focus of my life to be. I felt like if, if my blog and my platform were my recovery spot, right, all about addiction, I just felt like maybe I would be selling myself a little bit short. And I prayed a lot about it. And I, I decided that my, my, my platform was going to be empowering women, showing women how to come out of abuse, addiction, you know, maybe, maybe something as simple as just not knowing their worth, you know? And, and, and so that's how eventually this hashtag boss babe kitchen platform was uh, created. And it's kind of funny. It, it, (laughs) it is all based around me in the kitchen. And I do, I go live every week. I have a YouTube channel, but I go live on Facebook every week. That's kind of like my main hub. And I'm just live in my kitchen, cooking, cooking healthy meals. Sometimes my kids are there. Sometimes I'm not. And I talk about business. I talk about wealth building principles. I talk about worthiness. I talk about mindset. So all these things that I think are just important to having a healthy, healthy home, raising, raising a a happy, healthy family, and just being happy with yourself. These are definitely very important things, especially for someone who is recovering or coming out of addiction. And your story is powerful for the people who are currently in, whether it's an abusive relationship or addicted, it gives them hope to know that they they too can work their way out just like you did. Mm-hmm. I used to volunteer at the organization that focused on peer support. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but where people who have certain they have a variety of different mental issues like when they come out of the hospitals they usually don't have there's no guidance basically they return to i would say even a more worse situation because there's no guidance no one is really keeping tabs on them and basically what that peer support does is basically the things that you're talking about but not not to the extent helping them find resources to whether it's get a to invest in themselves and get a better job or to you know just do basic things that they weren't able to do while they were addicted and so your platform kind of reminds me of that that model that they had set up i love that and having that accountability with someone who had been through similar the same thing so yeah yeah and so i think that that actually helps people a lot more mental health providers and addiction specialists and all these people are important but I think that sometimes when you are sitting across someone who has been where you are understands everything I think it does have it plays it's it plays a more significant role because that person has been there and they actually understand so I think that's pretty cool that that is what your platform does just really helping women build the things that they weren't that they were not able to build while they were in abusive relationships or struggling with addiction 
Thank you for that. I love that. I love that you related me to that agency that you had uh, a relationship with. I love that. Thank you. So how do you choose faith over fear in your life? So you showed us kind of how you did it with your, while you were struggling with addiction and overcame it. So how do you do that today in your day-to-day? I, I want to share something really simple that I do because I don't know about anyone else, but I get overwhelmed. I spend a lot of time on social media because I built my platform is, is across the social medias and the way I connect with women is through social media. So I am just constantly on the platforms and that's a good thing. And that can be a a very devastating thing as well to your, to your mindset, especially. So one of the simplest ways that I choose faith over fear, and I, I hope this will empower someone today. I have to stop myself when I feel that pressure, that fear, that anxiety coming on, I stop myself and I just say, Caitlin, God's got this. Everything is working for your good. And I just tell myself that and I just take a deep breath. And I know that sounds really elementary and and simple, but it's something that helps me choose faith over fear. And it just calms me down. It just brings, just brings it down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's good. So just focusing on that simple truth that God has got it. And while he's with you, you're going to be okay. Yes, absolutely. So you kind of gave us a little rundown of this. So for women listening, maybe they are homeless, recently homeless, divorced, mm-hmm. whatever season of life they're in. What are some things that you did to go from homeless to working in corporate? What are some simple things that you did to, to make that transition? Okay, so the the um, the first thing is, and this is the hardest thing, is asking for help. And this is for any woman watching, right? We all have things. Some of us have bigger things than others, right? Or, or I shouldn't say bigger things, but... Uh, larger obstacles to overcome than others, right? But asking for help, whether it is a a friend, a family member, I would love to share maybe in the show notes some of the resources, national, and then there's always local resources. But just surrendering and asking for that help, because for me, until I spoke out loud that I had a problem, it was kind of like I was I was real I was able to hide it really well. Like nobody ever thought that I was an addict, ever. And that's why I was a way to, I was able to get away with it. And so, a lot of times we can kind of just keep this inside and like that that surrendering, which is the hardest part. But through prayer, through listening to stories like mine. Right, and you had, you had another incredible guest a few weeks ago, um, Angelina. Her story is different than mine, but it it was still the story of overcoming, and you know she made it from the projects to where she is now. I, I I just listening to those stories that will give you the strength to surrender and ask for help. And again, maybe it's a local or a national resource. Maybe it's a hotline. Maybe it's a friend or family. Maybe it's somebody on social media. But I think that that is the most important thing. 
Because like you said, that's going to give you accountability as well. That accountability piece that you mentioned a minute ago is so important to your success. That's, that's what got me on the path to success was people holding me accountable, not me not being able to, you know, hide behind my looks or uh, my, you know, my college degree or my uh, upbringing, right? My, maybe my, just the, the, the things that I had, I wasn't able to hide behind that anymore. The truth was out there. <laughs> so the, I would say that that is the first thing. And the, the second thing that I did was I actually made a plan of what I wanted my life to look like six months, a year, three years, and five years. Now, this can be really difficult. This was really hard for me. And if, if, if you struggle with this, all I can say is just keep trying. Like that, that, is, that is like the one lesson that I've learned in my life that never really fails me is like you, you might try something one time and it might not work, but if you just keep trying it, it it's, and you know that it's like a success factor, it's eventually going to work for you. You're going to have to work through mental blocks and you know your own self-limiting beliefs, but eventually it's going to work for you. So I actually made a plan of what I wanted my life to look like six months, a year, and then you can go as far as three years and five years. And I actually wrote that out. Now I do something called vision boards, but at the time I had no idea what a vision board was. (laughs) I was just, you know, penning it in, in a journal, setting those goals. And I would say, Again, this can be really hard, especially if you're, you know, in a, in a situation where you've just, you feel defeated. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe you, like you said, are in a homeless situation, which I, I was. I know I didn't mention that, but I was living out of my car, eating McDonald's, which is just such a 360 from, I was eating McDonald's because it was the only thing I could afford, right? Because um, I could get like the hamburgers for a dollar. <sighs> So, so this, this can be really challenging if you're in that spot. But all I would say is just pray and know that you, you are here. You, you are created by the most high. You are so special. You are so worthy. And if you're going through something right now where you feel defeated, where you feel like, I don't, I don't deserve to, to be writing goals, just know you do deserve it. You do deserve it. Keep trying until you get them down on paper. Keep trying. And you can always revise them, but get something down, right? So that was number one was surrendering and asking for help. Number two was actually creating goals and a vision for what I wanted my my dream life to look like, as hard as that was at the time. And 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 then number three, I would say is, kind of twofold. I would take, first I would take the things that you write down, the goals that you write down, and I would commit to daily affirmations. Now, I I have struggled with this manifesting affirmation concept because I am a believer. And I'm like, can I, can I be a believer and, you know, do affirmations? And what I would say is, I believe, yes, I believe that speaking positivity into your life, I believe that's what God wants for us. 
as long as the, the goals that you're going after are, are the things that he wants for your life. So what I committed to was I took the goals that I wrote down on paper and I wrote, I, I wrote them as affirmations, daily affirmations that I would say in the morning and at night. Now I say my affirmations like four times a day, but just start with the morning and night or maybe just the morning. And what you do is like, let's say, for example, your goal is I, I want $1,000 in monthly income. Let's just start with something like that, something really basic. Your affirmation for that goal would be this, the following formula. You're, you're going to plug your goal into this following formula. I'm so happy and grateful that I am earning $1,000 a month into my bank account every month. Simple as that. So you're just plugging it into that. I'm so happy and grateful that I'm doing the goal every and, and set it to a time period right? Is it every day, every month? You know, is it by a certain date? Right? So, and I, I committed to doing those affirmations, like I said, every morning and every night. So the second part to my, the, the third action step I would take is what are the action steps that you can take today to start making those goals a reality? So if your goal is a thousand dollars a month in income, which I know that that doesn't some, so probably the women that are listening to this podcast are like, well, my goal is like 10,000 a month or a hundred thousand a month. Well, let's just say a thousand, just, you know, just in case there's someone like me listening that was, you know, living out of their car and a thousand dollars to them at the time was a lot of money because <laughs> all they had was, you know, a couple dollars a day. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, what, what, what can I do today right now to take actions towards that step? And for me, that was that blog that I started. And that transformed into what I have now, which is a, a full-blown you know, social media marketing machine. But it started with that blog. And I just used Facebook. It was a free platform. And when I say blog, I was making posts on Facebook. I eventually bought a domain name and I drove the Facebook post to that blog. But I just started with a free platform, Facebook, and I would make the blog posts as a Facebook post. And I'd take a picture of myself or, you know, I'd, I'd go and use like a stock image. Usually I would use a picture of myself. And so my audience could, you know, relate to me. So what that, that is probably one of the most important things. So step three would be commit to the daily affirmations. And then the second part, step three, is what action can I take today that's going to move me towards my goal? I think it's definitely important that you mention that um, step three has a second part. Because I think a lot of people get caught up in just saying the affirmations without taking action. Or people will believe that things will just come by saying it. You have to discipline, which everyone has to master in all areas of our lives. You have to take action before you feel like it. The affirmation is just you speaking it, and then you taking the action is getting you closer to it actually happening. Oof! I, 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 I can you re- rewind that and say that again? Because that is the key right there. It, it, it. Yes, 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 yes. It's, it's. That is just. Oh my goodness, Doctor Bossing, so important what you just said. 
because you're right. Think almost what think of I think of it like this. Okay, the affirmations are me reprogramming my brain to allow me to believe in myself. Right when I do take those actions that I'm going to have to take, when I do have that scary meeting where I'm meeting with that that uh, mentor or that client or that's going to take me to the next level, right? The the affirmations are almost like me um, teaching my brain, yes, you've got this. Believe in yourself, because if you're in a situation where you, maybe you know you've been defeated, you don't have a whole lot of self belief. And that meeting's going to come with that mentor or that client. And you're going to say, I, I can't do this. I'm going to cancel it. I'll do it. I'll do it another day. Right. And, and you know, you've blocked your blessing. No pun intended. <laughs> but, yeah. but the, the, the so, so, and then the action item. So the part one is the affirmation that that's part two, the action item. That's what's going to propel you nothing happens without action, right? Nothing happens without that, that momentum and um, God will help you through. So yes, so important what you just said. That's true. Yeah. The affirmation just helps you reframe your mindset and you have to say it every, every, say it. I mean, you don't just say it once in Romans. It says that we have to renew our mind. So that's a constant process which should remind us that you have to say these affirmations more than once. And then again, once you've reframed your mindset, you'll make it happen. I think there was someone that was, um, I don't know if it was uh, Gary Cardone. He was talking about people think that making $10,000 is difficult. And then I don't know if it was his chart, but he has this chart where he broke down, I think, 20 or 30 different ways to make $10,000 that doesn't mm. look as intimidating as looking as the looking at the number by itself. And I was like, you, he has that mindset where he's not like, oh, I can never make $10,000. He's like, okay, who knows what he's told himself, but he found a way to break it down into smaller, more accomplishable goals, which is where most of us have the issue. We see this huge goal and we're just like, oh my gosh, it's too much. I'm overwhelmed. Let me quit. When really what you need to do is, like you said, take that action, take small, consistent action over a period of time. When we look at social media, we think, oh, you know, everyone had this, whatever, success overnight. But real, the real success stories, there, there, are, no, there are no overnight successes. They took oh. small consistent action it's not glamorous it's not sexy but you know you have to have that vision for your life and it's not anyone else's business you have to take the action to accomplish whatever vision that you have so I think it's good that you mentioned first you, you write down a couple of goals now you've progressed and now you do vision boards because once you have a huge vision, then you can align whatever your purpose is. So you have an end goal and that keeps you going when you don't want to go. So I think that's important that you um, mention that. Yes. So what role did your faith play in the way that you faced the obstacles that you faced in your life? It's everything. I'm just so grateful for it. When you ask that question, I'm like tearing up over here because it, it just has uh, brought me from a life that, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to have my son, you know, that the state was going to take my son from me. And 
like I said, I, I felt like a monster. And some people might have that opinion of me, you know. But I know from reading the Bible and developing this relationship with God that I am forgiven because I asked for forgiveness and I took the necessary action to change my life. And like you said, to make my mind over. Sometimes it's, it's not just enough to, you know, to just change our situation. If, if we have gone from homeless to, you know, a, a, a beautiful mansion, right? But we still have hate in our heart or we still have that stinking thinking, you know? I, I mean, it's kind of, but that's not where, how God wants us to live, right? God wants us to have, have this just amazing, bright life where we're happy, we're joyful. You know, we still have struggles. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, but that's what God wants for us. And so to know, to have that hope, even in that those darkest times, and, and my hope then was not as clear and as strong as it is now, but I still always had that glimmer of hope um, because of the time that I spent reading daily devotions. And the, one of the first things that I that brought me closer to God, uh, developed my relationship more with God was this daily devotion book by Joyce Meyer. And oh my goodness, it's such a great book. I can get you the title of it uh, and maybe you can put it in the show notes. It's such a good book. It's just little daily devotions every morning. And, and, and so to have those scriptures every morning and to learn that God was going to forgive me, you know, when I took the, the appropriate action and, 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 and cleaned this all up and that he was going to help me and that he just had this amazing life that he wanted for me. And it was just sitting there waiting for me. And all I had to do was, you know, stop using drugs. First of all, that was a big thing. And, you know, be honest and, and, and spend time with him and be good to others. And, and, and just to know that it, it just is everything to me and it, it's what brought me through. And now more than ever, it is now helping me through this pandemic, right? Because there's so much fear in my life for my children, for myself, for everyone. I, I, I for, for all of the, you know, the, the racial inequality that's going on, all of these things that are happening. And it's so scary, but I know I always have that hope in front of me and it's just priceless. That's why I say, you know, I say to people, I'm like, I, I love hustling for the G wagon and the Maybach. And I have all these goals of, you know, material things, but ultimately I, I, I have one goal and it's the first affirmation that I start my day with. And it's every day in every way I, 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 I get up to, to glorify God's kingdom. So. And I think at the end of the day, like a lot of the things that we go through, we don't like them because, you know, they're not fun, but he knows who we need to reach. And so the trials that we face in life become a part of our story because I firmly believe that we're all here for a purpose. There are people that we are supposed to reach. There are people that we are supposed to touch 
and that is not everyone there are specific people and the way that he does that is within community and for example if you hadn't gone through um, drug addiction abuse and homelessness would you be as effective as reaching women who are in that position he always reaches out to us from with people who either have been in a similar situation not always but a lot of times when I hear these success stories of people who have come out of extremely dark places someone was sent to them mm. because we are always reached by other people even if you try to isolate you're still reached by other people and so your story is not just your story your story if you decide can either make you better or it can make you better by going and impacting the lives that you were put here to impact and so i always look at it as big picture his purpose will always prevail but he doesn't force us to do things he mm. waits until we are ready to partner with him you're not forced mm. you, you have the freedom of choice and so he just waits patiently yes and grows you during the process because if you look at where you were then and now i'm sure you would say there are things that you've learned there you're not the same person i love what you just said and he's so patient and that's the thing you know i mean don't wait another day to take the action <laughs> do it now because that life is is waiting for you and he wants you to have it so bad but he's patient right there's there's a scripture where it talks about, and I should know what the scripture is, but I'm going to be honest, I don't. But it talks about how God is is patient in a different way that than, than we think of like men being patient. He's just so patient, and he doesn't want anyone to not have that that amazing life. So go get it. It is there for you, lady boss. <laughs> so what are some ways that women can find out more about you and then learn about your hashtag boss? babe kitchen the best way to connect with me is on facebook or instagram i just i love sending people there because that is where i show up every single day and you can really get to know me personally and see if we vibe and and and, and you'll get to know about all the things that i've got going on and how i can serve you and so my facebook is caitlin wheeler I'm sure you're going to put the link in the show notes. My Instagram is at Caitlin Wheeler official, but th those are the best ways to connect with me. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the wealthier together podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend.